You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, I just finished watching the Tony Awards, and so I wanted to put down some of my thoughts and just kind of share with you my overall impressions. I mean, I overall thought it was a great Tony Award presentation. I hope you got to watch it. If you haven't, please go and and uh, and look at some of the, the highlights, the clips, the performances overall were great. Some, I thought, didn't showcase the musicals as well as I thought it could have, but The Proms was outstanding. Choir Boy was really great. So it was... Overall, a great night of performances, a great night of uh, awards. And I, w- I was curious what it was going to be. The, the plays were a strong category this year. Musicals were, I think it, it's debatable as to whether they were as strong as the plays, but still some great musicals obviously came out this year. But my two predictions and my two favorites won. The Ferryman for Best Play and Hades Town for Best Musical. And so I wanted to just take a few minutes on this bite-sized episode of the podcast and just share my thoughts on the Tony Awards, both what happened tonight as well as the Tony Awards in general. And I want to focus on the acceptance speeches and in memoriam, those two sections specifically. But I, I do want to start off with saying that the opening was great. James Gordon, I think, was a wonderful host, and he, he brought a lot of energy and fun, and, and the games that he would play, like trying to have uh, two people <laughs> argue and fight with each other, and uh, loser faces, I, I've, I thought he brought a, a nice, fun element to it. But first off, I did want to talk about the acceptance speeches, which I've watched a lot of Tony Awards, but for whatever reason, this one seemed a little bit more emotional, a little bit more heartfelt when it came to the acceptance speeches. And I I was watching it with, I'm currently in St. Louis at the Muni, and the cast and I, we were all watching it together, and we were all kind of remarking how emotional most of these speeches were. And the first one that really, really caught my eye was Andre de Shields, who I was so rooting for to win Best Featured Actor in a Musical and was, was thrilled. I mean, in my eyes, there was absolutely no other person that could win that award. And something that he said, the, the latter half of that acceptance speech was, was really moving. And so this is what he said in the, in the latter half of that acceptance speech. There are not enough minutes for me to name the many people who, during my 73 years on the earth plane, have loved me into consciousness. So I would like to share with you just three cardinal rules of my sustainability and longevity. Number one, surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Number two, slowly is the fastest way to get where you want to be. Number three, 
the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So keep climbing. Those three cardinal rules, as he describes them, they really spoke to me in a way that for the last few months, it's been tough with auditions and not booking a lot of things and getting some callback, sure, but ultimately not being chosen. And some auditions that I thought went really well, parts I'm perfect for, no callbacks, no, no feedback of any kind. And not that auditions are the end-all be-all and are certainly not even the, the thing by which to measure us as actors, but what do, what do actors do but perform? We act. What is the only way we can perform and act is to audition. I mean, yes, the, the Tony Awards were case in point of t tonight of actors writing and producing or directing their own stuff. W what the Constitution means to me is a perfect example of that. So that can happen, but 90% of any work that we're going to get is going to require an audition. And it's tough to go to those time and time again and to not make it. These three rules that Andre de Shield shared, I think really got to the heart of a lot of the stuff that I've been going through. That first one, surrounding yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. That's, that's, that is the number one rule. Surround yourself with people who love you, who support you, who want what is best for you. And all too often, I don't do that. And actually, I will admit that I am the first person who sometimes isn't that for myself. My inner voice chastises me, cuts me down, asks what I'm doing, tries to convince me maybe you're not right for this, maybe you need to do something else. That, that, that voice is hard to quiet sometimes. And so I'm not often the person who lights up or loves myself the way that I need to. But it is so important to be in a room, in a family, whether it's your biological family or your cast family or friends, to be in a community of people who absolutely are your number one biggest fans. And that is something that each of us absolutely need to have. That second one, slowly is the fastest way to get where you want to be. It's just, it's just so true. After 11 years, and I know that I've probably said this ad nauseum on several episodes, but you know, after 11 years of being in New York, whew, I'm, I'm feeling pretty slow as far as getting to Broadway. And you know, I came here with, with, with one mission, and it's going slowly. So <laughs> it's, it's going to take as long as it takes. I, I, there's no other real way to say that. That's what leads you to number three, which is the top of one mountain is the bottom of another mountain. So keep climbing. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done the television shows. I've done the national tours. So there's certainly been peaks along the way. And those peaks are only setting the, the groundwork for the next level, for the next peak to be reached. And I have to keep reminding myself of that. So his speech is the one that, that really just kind of hit me right between the eyes 
as far as everything that he said. Another one that hit, I think, the entire Broadway community between the eyes was Rachel Chavkin, the director for Hadestown. And the last half of her speech, it talked about her own joy and gratitude for the award, but also what it means for Broadway in general. And what she said in that latter half was, my folks raised me with the understanding that life is a team sport, and so is walking out of hell. That is what is at the heart of the show. It's about whether you can keep the faith when you are made to feel alone. And it reminds us that 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 is how the power structures try to maintain control, by making you feel that you're walking alone in the darkness, even when your partner is right there at your back. And that is why I wish I wasn't the only woman directing a musical on Broadway this season. There are so many women who are ready to go. There are so many artists of color who are ready to go. We need to see that racial diversity and that gender diversity reflected in our critical establishment too. This is not a pipeline issue. It is, the, it is the failure of imagination by a field whose job is to imagine the way the world could be. So let's do it. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a tough speech, but also it's something that I think is very true. It's more women, more artists of color, more voices, and a diverse platform for everyone. The, the theater is for everyone. Whether, whether you're on stage, whether you're in the audience, whether you're directing, writing, it is, it is a medium, it is a platform, it is an art that anyone can do and anyone can access and anyone can use to share their story. And I think anything that we can do as fellow artists, but also as a community, whether it's government support, whether it's corporate support, grants, whether it's just giving five dollars to, to, you know, to buy a ticket to a regional production, a community theater production. Support theater where you can and make it as thriving as it can be, no matter the size of the city, no matter the size of the theater. And so I think it's a responsibility for all of us to make sure that no one feels left out. And it was, it was so appreciated, the, the tough words, the tough love that she had but it was, uh, it was just so, so perfectly worded uh, and pointed as she delivered it. One of the, the accepted speeches that I, I really liked was Allie Stroker. Not only was her performance uh, in Oklahoma, her uh, I'm Just a Girl Who Can't Say No was, was so fun. She opened up her acceptance speech. I think it was so important for her to say this. This award is for every kid who is watching tonight who has a disability who has a limitation or a challenge, who has been waiting to see themselves represented in this arena. You are. Those two words. You are. And so she is the first person in a wheelchair to win a Tony Award, which is rather amazing. I, I, I think all of us, no matter whether it's Broadway or really any theater, when is the last time you saw someone who was bound to a wheelchair, not just that was part of the character, but who was actually in a wheelchair on stage? It's such an underrepresented community. And for someone to not only get to Broadway in a wheelchair, but then to win the highest award that a Broadway actor can win, it speaks a lot 
not only certainly to her talent. I mean, you can't take anything away from her wonderful energy and voice that she brings to the role of Ada Annie. But I think it speaks to the Broadway community itself, the theater community itself, that we're recognizing it and our eyes are getting bigger. Our arms are getting wider in the, the types of performances, the people that we see on stage and are welcoming them in. And I think the more welcoming we can be, the more people like Ali Stroker will win, will be on stage, will continue to thrive and grow in number. And I think that that is, is that this is a, I think, a, a first spark for what I think will be a great light and a great expanse of people with, with as she says, with limitations, with challenges, uh, finding a voice and a place on stage. And another first that happened goes to the In Memoriam. Uh, first off, they, they started with talking about Maren Maisie, who is such a wonderful performer. And I, and I spoke about her in another Bite Size episode last year in the fall. I mean, talk about Gone Too Soon. She's such a, a beautiful light that was on stage. And I'm so glad that I got to see her perform. And uh, yeah, we really lost a lot with her. But then they went on to, to showcase all of the other wonderful talents, actors and producers and directors, playwrights, all of the people that, have, that we've lost over the last year. But one in particular, and it was interesting that I was with my cast here doing Kinky Boots at the Muni. A lot of this cast, they've done the tours, they've done the Broadway production, some of the original, some were in it to, to, to the very end when it, when it closed in April. And... A name came up, Eric Summers. I didn't know his name, but turns out he was an ensemble member, one of the angels, in the Kinky Boots Broadway production. It meant so much that he was recognized tonight. And what I didn't realize was that he is the first ensemble member in a Broadway show to ever be recognized in the In Memoriam section. Yeah the first ensemble member to ever be recognized. Because usually it is someone who's been nominated or has won an award, and they stick to, to that group of people to list in, in that section. And so for him to have such an honor as that, again, it's, I, I love that these little moments, whether it's, it's someone in a wheelchair, it's an ensemble member, it's, it's a woman director. It's all these things that the Broadway community is trying to be a first, is trying to take a stand in opening its heart and opening the community in general and the audience that watches us to see the, the shining lights that are in our community and that perform and create work on our stages. There's one last thing that I wanted to talk about and it's one that you probably didn't hear because the director for Best Play, The Ferryman, uh, Sam Mendes, was not there. However, he did send in a speech that was to be read in his stead. And it goes like this. I'm heartbroken not to be there. I'm making a new movie in Scotland and am completely unable to take the time away. But to state the obvious, I'm utterly thrilled. It's a little bit bonkers trying to make theater on Broadway to be dealing with something so fragile in such a rough and tumble environment. But when it works, 
It's like nowhere else in the world. So I'm hugely grateful for the embrace New York has given this play and this production. The Ferryman was a special experience from the moment that Jez Butterworth, in his typical mad and beautiful way, handed me the script in a plastic bag at a football match. Special producers Sonia Friedman, Carol Newling, and the Royal Court, two entire companies of very special actors, a special group of collaborators, special babies, special rabbits, special geese, and of course, a very, very special play. I have lost count of the number of times on this job that I have counted my lucky stars. And now again, I'm left to reflect on what a privilege, what an absolute privilege it is to be able to tell stories for a living. And I think that that's a great thing to leave you with. We are able to tell stories. And no matter your part in theater, whether you're just someone who loves theater and, and goes to as many shows as you can, whether you're a fellow actor like myself, whether you write plays, direct plays, whether you work backstage in, in the tech crew, it really is a team. It really is an entire network of people that come together to tell a story. And each of us get to be a part of that. It is such a special gift, but also a special responsibility for us to share our stories. And so it is so important that we continue to feed ourselves, to love ourselves, just like I was saying at the beginning, to not let whatever negative voice may come up, let that dictate who you are in this business or where you go in it. We get to tell stories, and it is important that we tell those stories in the absolute best way we can. So tonight was a a great time to share in the honor and I have to give a huge shout out to Caitlin Kennan and I, she was up for Best Actress and I, it was such a thrill to see her and she didn't win, Stephanie J. Block won, who I am also so grateful that, that she won. Uh, but just to see such a wonderful talent and wonderful light as Caitlin Kennan and be shown on the screen with those wonderful ladies. It, it's, I, I can't wait to see what happens next for her. And I can't wait to see what happens next for each of us. Because we are going to <laughs> keep going and keep climbing those mountains, as Andre de Shields reminded us. So thank you for joining me on this little bite size, this little bonus episode where I got to just kind of wrap up my own thoughts of the Tonys. I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, how did you feel that the Tonys went? Did you love the opening number as much as I did? Feel free to go to the website, winmepodcast.com. There's a way to share your thoughts there. You can also connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at winmepodcast. Send me a comment, a note, direct message, any way you want to, uh, to communicate. I would, I would love to get your, your feedback and thoughts on how the Tony Awards went for you. So, Coming up over the next couple of weeks, we are hitting the last couple of episodes of this season. Yep, it's getting down to the wire. I have Ethan Paisley, who is a filmmaker. He's going to be on next week. And then I have Ben Davis, who is a wonderful actor. He's going to be closing out the whole season for us. And uh, he's actually performing here in the Muni right before us. He is currently in Guys and Dolls 
And I can't wait to sit down and talk with him and share that conversation with you. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time here on Why I'll Never Make It. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.